In today's episode, we're talking about necromancy in Dungeons & Dragons, so stay tuned. Hey folks, today's episode is a bit of a change from the normal topics. Um, I wanted to focus on necromancy because it's actually something I'm currently building with my player, and I wanted to share um, our thoughts on it while it's still fresh on my mind. But my goal today is to help folks properly build a necromancer and utilize it in your world. If that's something that you want to do, this is the episode for you. Um, if, there is, if this isn't something that you want to do, I hope that this episode would convince you otherwise, or at least shed some light and knowledge into that. But without further ado, let's, let's continue. As you know, there really isn't a necromancer class in Dungeons & Dragons. Maybe some other tabletop games have them. Um, maybe Pathfinder has it, I'm not sure. But I'm. But for certain, Dungeons & Dragons doesn't have it. There is a school of necromancy, um, and there are always ways to homebrew necromancy as a cleric, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But there's not an authentic uh, necro class, right? There's not an, uh, an authentic necromancy class um, in Dungeons & Dragons, or even subclass, really. Um, first and foremost, necromancy is a school of magic whose spells manipulate the power of death, unlife, and the life force. So most necromancers, um, in a gaming sense, are those who manipulate the undead, use them as their own minions, showing that they have power over such things. You know, it's really easy to label them as a bad character um, when dealing or disturbing the dead, right? In game, we have a lot of uh, evil villains as a lich or as a um, death knight of some sort or whatever it may be, right? We have a lot of that as lab labeled evil. Um, and this is where I want to get into a bit of a specialty with storytelling and world building. Nothing is necessarily evil um, from the start, right? Unless you claim it to be. And again, this is just from a gaming perspective. There is nothing evil in your homebrew world unless you label it as evil for whatever reason, whatever deeds, right? It could be certain actions, it could be certain things, but for the most part, you know, you know, a character alignment of evil may be subject to interpretation from a gaming perspective. So for the game masters out there, you know, we know this, players, you all know this, that that evil, that sense of evil is kind of a misinterpretation. Therefore, necromancers may have a misinterpretation. You have to kind of go back and think about that. And one thing I would say to the game master and the player is if you're wanting to build this class, if you're wanting to create a society that uses the undead for their services, which I'll talk to a talk about in a little bit, that's something you have to think about. You have to solidify what makes this thing evil, what makes this subject or topic evil. Because um, a lot of times it can just be about perspective, right? We're talking about world building, we're talking about storytelling, not only within D&D, but within tabletop gaming and the RPG setting. We There's a lot of perspective to be had, but I digress. So for the game masters out there, before you even attempt to build a necromancer, I really want you all to consider the following. How is necromancy viewed in the world? 
is it a cultural you know is it culture specific is it religious specific who views them as evil or good as i stated earlier that is when you know define your evil and good that's going to be a big part of it uh second why is necromancy a quote-unquote taboo topic in that world is it something that is related to it was there an action that was done that made it taboo or is it just one of those things from an quote-unquote evolutionary perspective that's taboo and then finally what is the purpose of a necromancer right obviously these questions um, will be subjective to your world as an example my world i have certain countries that take a defiant stance on necromancy right so the first question i can answer how is necromancy viewed in the world well it's a mixed view it's definitely um, cultural and religious it, there's different views on it right and some cultures and religions view it as evil and so, and therefore that country views it as evil and some don't um, specifically in, in some of my um, countries they believe it's immoral and they believe that the dead should be left to rest and there are other nations and countries that practice necromancy with evil intentions and with good intentions, right? Some of those societies that use necromancy in the day-to-day -day activities of their own world, those are those folks who think of it as kind of neutral or even good, that they believe they have such a tie to the community. And again, this is from the perspective of the culture and that nation, is that their community, they have ties to the community. so. If they can continue serving their community from an undead perspective, that's fantastic. Which again, that's when, you know, my players haven't gotten there just yet, but I don't mind revealing all about it because they're going to learn about it anyway. So for the player, for my players listening out there, you've been warned. Um, <laughs> you know, and I say that jokingly, I, I, you know, I don't care if my players listen to this or not, but th this, um, again, just a, a bit of a warning in this part of the world, in this part of Ecopia, which again, the continent of my homebrew world, there are, um, there are, or there is a culture, excuse me, there is a nation that uses the undead in everyday life. They, they run their day-to-day -day activities with, um, with the undead, right? So there's labor that's being performed by the undead or by reanimated corpses. Uh, it's seen as a normal everyday thing and it's just part of their culture you know when you die if and again there there's some morality and some ethics to it right that will be presented not only by my players but by other players eventually down the road is you know what are the ethics around it do they is it do they volunteer uh, have they volunteered for this effort or is it a you know everyone is just mandated to kind of give up your body um, when when you die and it's one of those things you're going to have to ask your players and and as a as a world builder as a home brewer you're going to have to think about but in this case like i said they see it as a, as a normal everyday thing the 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 undead creatures and the um reanimated creatures in this culture they are um they they're volunteered so when they pass, they, they volunteered at some point in their life to be used for those services. They're also a mix of prisoners, right? If, they're, if it's a prisoner 
who has a sentence that's going to pass their livelihood. Well, they will serve the rest of their prison sentence, you know, to that actual, you know, exact year. Um, And again, the people don't view it as anything weird or taboo because that's the culture. That is how things are thought of and created. Um, And it's just nonchalant. As you can tell, this is very true about other things in in your world or in you know other aspects of the world um, in our world and in the D and D world, right? You know, we can we can actually talk about the same um, this you know another topic with the same ease, such as magic, right? Some settings are very are low magic. Some settings are high magic, like Eberron. Eberron's a high magic setting that we don't bat an eye at, right? You know, when when we're playing that, and if you were to go into the minds of the creators or of the NPCs, magic for them is just this nonchalant thing like, oh, yeah, we have magic everywhere. Or, you know, if you're familiar with the anime fairy tale, well, I know, I I believe it's also a manga, but I I haven't read it. Um, I've only watched the series. So in fairy tale, like magic is everything. You can use magic to do a bunch of different things or black clover, right? Um, magic is pretty well known. It's pretty uh, embedded within the culture and the society of the people. So same thing in D&D, you just have to kind of decide, is this going to be specific? Is this set? Um, what is the world? How is the world viewing this? Um, going back to the reason, you know, the taboo topic of the world research you know why would it be taboo why has it been taboo in our own world and apply it within uh your own dnd world and and again in my you know in my example i answered all three right um i was able to say well the purpose of necromancy or you know of a necromancer in this world is that they run a they essentially run the labor force they run the day-to-day activities of that you know you know of that um project or whatever it may be you know now they're not (laughs) they're not working um in a bakery right they're not doing retail work no they're you know in this case they're doing a specific task so i would urge you to say okay you know to add to that to you know to that third question what is the purpose of the necromancer is i would outline as like a sub bullet point what is the what are the activities that the necromancer does how do they use their powers for the good of society or how do they um, affect the society or the world in an evil way so you can you can actually break it down even further um, at least with number three question number two obviously about taboo that's a little bit general and i and it's and it's general for a purpose right you know why is you know why is something taboo well that's gonna be um that's just gonna be up to you as a dungeon master as a game master and even as a player if you're wanting to play a necromancer or have some sort of um necrotic um dealings so to speak but anyway i digress so from a mechanical side i want to talk about necromancy i want to talk about how um you can start looking into similar necromancy classes whether it's homebrew or whether it's official D&D content so again you know mechanically we know that there isn't a class 
And if you as a player or if you have a player that's interested in becoming a necromancer, I want to present some of the following options first. Um, we have the School of Necromancy, as we all know. Um, it's a wizard school, right? It is one of the one of the many schools that the wizard has available. Um, but it might honestly be the closest to a necromancer. There's a great list of spells that you can choose from. Uh, and most of the work is done for you. So if you want to be more of the... Um, you know, token wizard that is slowly becoming evil and or token wizard that is learning to use necromancy for the good of, you know, the people or whatever it may be, that might be a great choice for you, right? It does a lot of it. And again, that this school of necromancy is for like the, the typical wizard uh, construct. You know, you want to use magic and you want to use it's kind of like in Diablo 3, right? Um, the necromancer class where you're not, you're, you know, you're using minions, you're laying down minions upon minions with magic and spells. Um, moving along, there's the death cleric. Now, this isn't to be confused with the grave domain, okay? The grave domain and the death cleric are actually, um, if you look at it, they're at odds with one another. I'm going to go into detail about that in, in another episode of the podcast, but the grave domain is, their domain is about the afterlife and the in-between, right? Judgment of um, of lives and souls to the netherworld, so to speak. So in, in that case, a death cleric is kind of the opposite. A death cleric is someone that worships death itself. Um, and, and, you know, that's a bit different. And I would almost even say that I, w- I would e- I would even say that the gods who are worshipped from a grave domain perspective are completely different from the gods that are in the um, that are in the death cleric um, I guess subgroup or pantheon. Actually, I would say, I would rather say pantheon, but. And I'm going to provide a couple of examples. So in the, you know, again, in, in the realm of the, of the grave domain cleric, the grave domain cleric, their gods are like um, uh, Kelemvor, right? Kelemvor um, actually is going to be uh, Wejas, the ancestral spirits of the undying court. Hades, Anubis, Osiris, those are the gods um, that watch over the line between the between life and death, okay? So the grave domain is kind of that in-between because um, death itself and the afterlife obviously are, f- are foundational to the workings of the multiverse. Um, so for someone who's resisting death or trying to desecrate the the dead's rest, they view it as an abomination. And again, this is the grave domain. So like Hades, Anubis, uh, Kalamvor, all those deities that teach their followers to respect the dead and pay them due homage would most likely be, um, that's kind of like that, um, they would be almost the police force, right? The the celestial police force that, um, or even 
I would I would rather say task force. You know, the celestial task force that monitors the um, the necromancers to make sure that that they are that they that they're not desecrating that of the dead um, versus a death cleric. A death cleric is the opposite. They worship death. They worship those things. So in this case, what I love about this, it's a bit tricky, right? It depends on the type of um, necromancer that you want to play. If you want to play a necromancer that's evil, the death cleric is going to be very similar to that, right? You're going to be able to do some really cool things and still have a lot of necrotic spells and a lot of, and again, this is not a necromancer, you know, in, in the fullest sense, but this is kind of like the alternative versus a grave domain cleric where it would be very similar to play a necromancer who is actually respecting the dead and doing all that. So, you know, that that's a little caveat, right? That's a little alternative that you can use. Um, really, your la one of your last options for the necromancer is to homebrew. You all know that I love a good homebrew. Uh, in fact, I mostly run homebrew games. I don't necessarily or typically do any type of, um, what's it called? I don't typically do any type of, you know, modules or official material just because that's not what I enjoy. I enjoy the homebrew. So I would encourage you all um, to homebrew. And not only because I enjoy it, but, the, but if you want to create your own necromancer, this might be your best option. You might be able to check other editions and other systems um, of the game and, and just other systems within tabletop gaming and try to do a massive uh, conversion, right? Um, that might be your best option because you, you're going to be able to work with your player and create a custom class for your player um, that's one, specific to the world, two, it's giving you a chance to create homebrew stuff with your player, and three, it gives you the experience with creating classes. So. Honestly, I would probably recommend this third option the, the most. It's, it's going to give you a lot of experience and there's more benefit and value um, to this one thing versus, you know, becoming a wizard and going, you know, school of necromancy because that might come up short, right? Um, becoming a death cleric or a grave domain cleric might not really, you know, be up to par as well. So if you homebrew something, you can actually take from other systems, other games, even other editions if it's available and add it to your world create something new create something out of your own mind with your player or vice versa if you're a player and you really want to you know uh, create a, a necromancy class and you know take the initiative to do the research take the initiative to kind of build out these things right build out the mechanics of it what can you choose from and again, this, you know, assuming you're playing fifth edition, if you're not playing fifth edition and perhaps you're playing another system, but you know of people who are playing D&D, you know, fifth edition, talk to them, talk to your friends who are in other gaming systems and ask them, hey, is there a necromancer type class in your, um, in your uh, game, in your system? Do you mind if I look at it and, and convert it, convert that and, and see what can apply to your, um, to your world, because everything is going to be different, right? The only thing that's going to remain consistent are the stats that you use and the spells that you use, right? Coming out of the player's handbook, really. And again, 
referring to the player's handbook because there's a bunch of other books and material. But from the player's handbook, everything pretty much bases comes from there. So as long as that those things are still consistent, you can create something. You can create something out of the blue and use it forever and ever. And and it works until you know Dungeons and Dragons comes out with a um, homebrew or excuse me, not a homebrew, but an, an official uh, necromancer class. So I'm not saying that you should hold your breath for that. I'm just saying you know if you want to play a necromancer right now, that's what I would recommend. But anyway, let's recap, folks. Um, I know that was a lot of words and a lot of things going on, so let's recap. If you are a game master, I want you to think of three things before you start um, brewing a home uh, a home brew for a necromancer. Or if you even incorporate necromancy into your world, I want you to th- think of three things. How is necromancy viewed in the world? Why is necromancy viewed the way it is? And what's the purpose of necromancy? Those three things are going to really be able to give you a high level view of what you decide and what your players decide the world may be, and you can build from there. Um, As a player, as a dungeon master, game master, whatever, have it um, from a mechanical perspective, think of, I would highly encourage you to homebrew. Again, recapping the whole thing, Homebrewing is going to give you uh, it's going to give you specificity to your world. It's going to allow you to create your homebrew um, items with your players or with your dungeon master, depending on your role. And it's going to give you a lot of great experience creating classes. And you can learn how to create classes and kind of build that repertoire. So remember those things. Apply it to your world. Um, personally, I love the idea of a necromancer in a game because it brings a lot of uh, mystery to the game, it brings a lot of added value because there, it's not a class that you find in an everyday game, nor is it something that's extremely popular. I do hope that someone creates a badass uh, necromancer class and shares it with us soon and shares it in the public. So if you're that person um, and you created something, email me, thebeardednerdvlog at gmail.com. I'd love to uh, hear more about it. Uh, and I'd definitely help promote you with that. But again, folks, that's it. I appreciate y'all listening. If you like this video, if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media. Join the Discord. Um, the link is in my Instagram bio. Again, that's the Bearded Nerd Media. Um, that's the handle for Instagram. You can click on that link and you can um, sign up for the Discord. You can sign up for uh, the YouTube channel, Every, pretty much everything that I'm that I touch from a gaming perspective, it is right there. I hope um, that you enjoyed it. Like I said, let me know what you want to hear next. But as always, keep gaming.